Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Welcome into the show we call the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 for this Tuesday, September 6th, brought to you in part by Brown Funeral Home and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned, full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Punic, Rosalini, and Colin McLaughlin, happy to be back with you here. Um, it's been, what, almost a week. I think last Wednesday was the last show Nick and I were on uh, as we traveled up to New Haven, Connecticut for Shepard's huge win over Southern Connecticut State. Um, Colin holding down the fort along with the Hall of Fame of Matt Miller. Thanks to him for uh, coming in and uh, sitting in. I hit it. Um, you know, it must have been hit the wrong way. Sorry about that, folks. Welcome back in or welcome into the sports mix. Uh, Spencer, Nick, and Colin here. We're back at it. Nick and I are after being off the show since last Wednesday. Full time wise, Nick was on Thursday as we uh, made our way up to New Haven for Shepherd's big win. Uh, I want to thank Matt Miller for stepping in along with Colin, the Hall of Famer. Matt Miller for stepping in. I was about to say, I'm not the you. Hall of Famer. Not even not, close. Not, not you. yet. Uh, for stepping in, hosting the sports mix Future Thursday and Friday. Um, seemed watched. like you guys had a great time last week. Yeah, it was a lot of fun talking football and having Matt uh, run the board for me, helping me out so that I could do the uh, TV side of things. And I thought we had uh, two pretty good shows. Yeah, they seemed to go pretty well. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about on today's show. We're going to talk some high school football uh, with Martinsburg. Steamrolling in the second half over... Um, Musselman. Musselman, excuse me, sorry, sixty-two to twenty. Uh, they're now two and zero on the season. The Appleman fall to one and one in the game. Ezra Bajant went twenty of twenty-four for three hundred and eighty passing yards, four touchdowns. Jameer Hunter had five catches for one hundred and sixty-one yards and three touchdowns. Also buzzed over had eight catches for one hundred and forty-one yards and a score as well. Murphy Clement was over one hundred yards. I believe 130 yards rushing with that. Uh, 129. 129. Yeah, he I was had close. one. Yep, he had one loss for negative one yards. So, uh, you know, he had that 99-yard record holding, I guess, for longest run from scrimmage now at, at Coburn Field. Well, they're having it as 98, but I thought it was 99 looking at the stats right now. You know, I didn't even get the stats. I'll forward it to you. Hold on. Disrespect now, I get. I thought you were in it. I apologize. I don't know what happened, Colin. You should afford it to me. But uh, Martinsburg gets a huge win. They're now 2 0 on the season. They will head to Sharando out of Virginia uh, this Friday. Sharando beat up on Jefferson 42 23. So we'll talk about that game in a minute, but to this Martinsburg game, uh, it seems like these second halves, Martinsburg seems to be a second half team right now. Yeah, they absolutely dominated that second half defensively, putting up a uh, second half shutout against Musselman, and then offensively just absolutely exploded. I mean, what was it, five touchdowns, I believe? I think so, yeah. 26 to get to 62, I think, is five touchdowns, to do quick math. But what a day for... Ezra Bajan, 396 yards, I believe. Night and day. Zoom back in on my phone to make sure that I get that correctly. Yep, 396 yards going 21 of 28 and five touchdown passes with his longest touchdown pass of 57 yards. 
And as you said, yeah, I agree. 21 of 28 for 396 yards. That's what I just said. Uh, Yes. But that goes more of what I'm going to talk about in a minute. Uh, But five touchdown passes for for Ezra Bajan, which a week ago, I think he may have just, you know, maybe not been on the same page as all of his receivers. You know, everybody trying to, you know, not a lot of new cast of characters around him this year. You want to go with his week one stats just to add on to prove your point? Eight of 19. 63 yards, one touchdown. And they obviously focus more on the running game against Salem. That is true. You know, now it's a total night and day game. And you could see, you know, I could see being down there on the sideline that he was locked in and laser focused. Not that he, not to say that he wasn't in week one, but I think that, you know, now when you play a game, a game is different than a scrimmage. You know, it's a a scrimmage is more like a controlled atmosphere. Not necessarily exactly like a game. And I think that, you know, when you put those two together, Jameer Hunter specifically, and, you know, the rest of his receivers missing Roman Pearson right now, I think it's hard to say that he had a bad game week one because he just wasn't on the same page with his receivers necessarily because you didn't have Dover last year. He was out in the summer with a knee injury. Uh, You really just had Musgrove, Blackwood, uh, Gideon are the guys that he really threw to last year that are still on this roster. Yeah, and I want to give some credit to Musselman as well. Uh, obviously, you know, being competitive for a half with Martinsburg, and while they did definitely get lucky at times, I think you could say because, uh, you know, that one touchdown that they did score, it was clear that Ray Adamas had went a little early on that play, uh, especially going back and watching it on the replay that he had went when Baden Hartman had clapped his hands, not when the ball was snapped. So that should have been a false start. Uh, and taking that touchdown away. But still, I mean, despite that, or even with that penalty, they still had you know the fumble recovery for a touchdown. Um, so Musselman, you know, came to play and, and definitely put up a good fight. And to start that second half, they had an opportunity to score. Now, they had a penalty on that play, too, so that would have negated that touchdown. But they had a wide-open guy in Ray Adamas, and he dropped a probably a touchdown or at least a very big play for and that Musselman. would have tied the game if not if they made the extra point giving them the lead yeah and i, I want to say this too about Musselman. i didn't get a chance to say this on the show when we were picking the games and stuff because obviously spencer and i weren't here but uh you know i think Musselman is one of the few teams in the state that actually believe that they can knock off martinsburg i think definitely spring valley obviously would believe that having doing it before yeah. But I think Coach Brian Thomas really does believe that he can build a state championship type program at Musselman. Obviously, they're they're still you know not there yet, and they haven't been for the past twenty four years. But there is like this belief that hey, we can compete with these guys. You know, we have the kids to do it. We have the athletes. Just haven't been able to do it yet. But I think that they do believe in that, and and that's a big thing that allows Musselman to sometimes have a few opportunities to maybe not knock off Martinsburg, but at least make the game interesting. I mean, last year they went out, they scored on the opening touchdown, recovered a fumble, or recovered the onside kick, and, and could have potentially gone up, you know, 14 nothing. Uh, just had a drive stall out. So I wasn't super shocked that Musselman kept it close for a half because they've kind of had that belief and they've kind of had that ability over the years to sometimes make the games intriguing. Uh, but Martinsburg, I think, will have to definitely still clean some stuff up. Uh, you know, sloppy first half at times, uh, but still had the lead despite that. So, um, 
they did that in the second half, and I think their ability to make adjustments at halftime is what kind of separates them early in the year from the other schools that they played. Yeah, and you can totally tell that Ray Adamas and uh, and Baden Hartman could be a, a top tier, uh, you know, two players in the state wide receiver quarterback combo. Hopefully, Hartman is healthy. Uh, I don't know if he came out of the game just to come out of the game and you know play some of their. Younger guys, but he did seem to come out when he was injured. I in think the game. he he did come back in. He though. came back yeah. in. So I don't know if it fumble. was. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of it had to do with too in that second half that Martinsburg D line was getting after him. Yeah, you know, there's no reason to keep Baden Hartman in that game. So I think at first it might have been a cramp, but he did seem to be limping a little bit. So I'm not sure if it was just carryover from the cramp. Hopefully, though, he's all right because yeah. you know, a healthy Baden Hartman. I think Musselman's a playoff team based on what we saw the last two weeks. So I think I think they'll definitely qualify for the playoffs if he's healthy and out there. But without him, you have to change a lot of things in your offense. Yeah, and I want to make one point. I texted Colin. I'm pretty sure I texted you this during halftime. Uh, five catches, 162 yards, uh, three touchdowns, long of 39 yards. Those were Jameer Hunter's numbers. Jameer Hunter could, he's looking to, he's on the path of turning in to last year's Hudson Clement for this Martinsburg team. And that was obviously Mr. Reliable. Big shoes to fill. Yes, I, Mr. Reliable. As as Mr. Mr. Reliable. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the guy that's gonna take the top off of your team. I can also punt return. And he did that one for seventy two yards and a score. Um you know, I think he could be vital to this team going down the stretch and he could act like this year's Hudson Clement. Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to go as far as saying he's a Hudson Clement caliber just yet after two weeks, but I will agree that he seems like wide receiver number one that is Mr. Reliable for Martinsburg, and he's been a great addition from Spring Mills. Yeah, I think Jameer Hunter uh, has a lot of the things that you would look to in that number one wide receiver, good speed, has pretty good height on him as well, physical player. Um, so I don't, I don't think he'll have a Hudson Clement like season, but I think he'll be the number one receiver on this team, and he's definitely off to a great start. So he could have that kind of year, uh, but it's definitely like a a really good season that would would be hard to replicate. Uh, but he could have a, a great season for the Bulldogs, and I think uh, he's definitely on that you know early watch list for the Kennedy Award and stuff like that. Um, because he has that ability to just take the top off the defense and make plays from multiple areas on the field, whether it be on a screen pass, he made a big play, a punt return, or a deep ball down the down the sideline. So Jameer Hunter is a player that I'm excited about. I think Martinsburg fans should be excited about. He's off to a great start, so hopefully that continues for the Bulldogs. Can you fill in some time for me? I have got I've got updated numbers from the rough unofficial numbers we had, so I'm trying to uh, do some quick math here. All right, that's fine. Let's uh, move on to a different well, no, game. No, no, then. no, no. Keep talking about this game. You want to keep it's... talking about this game? I mean, yeah. I wasn't sure since we were getting short on time for this segment. I was going to just move on to the other games I, around the state. I'm trying to do some but... quick math because I got the official numbers now. All right. Well, I guess uh, continue to talk about. I want to talk about more of the running game because I know we've talked a lot about the passing game, which obviously was a huge success. But we already mentioned Murphy going 
with 11 carries for 129 yards. Zion Grantham had another pretty solid game, eight carries for 54 yards. We got to see a little bit of A.J. Harrison. He got four carries for 39 yards. Cassius Giddy on the jet sweeps had the two carries for 20 yards. Will we see more, though, of Eric King is my question. He was originally the number one running back going into the season, perceptively. He gets that injury in the scrimmage was out last week, comes in, and unfortunately for him, his first carry was that fumble that was the scoop and score for Musselman. Yeah, I, th- I think he'll still have definitely a role in the backfield to play. Um, but when but you're on a team... But is he going to get the amount of first rep number one guy we'll in that backfield I mean, with how Zion's been doing? Depends on how he performs in practice and stuff like that. But I think, too, when you're on a team like Martinsburg where you have so much depth at every position... You know, you can't be fumbling the football, so we'll just go to the next guy uh, if it's a common issue of Eric King. Um, and I but I think he's a guy that will have a role. He's a yeah. power back. Uh, he'll, he'll at least have some sort of role in this offense. But and you know, they'll, from, go, they'll get him back. Involved, from what sure. I, you know, from what I understood about all of this was the the way that Zion took over that game last week. You know, Coach Sherman just wasn't going to take the ball out of his hands. And, you know, they threw him in, threw some Eric King in there in rotation a couple times. And when you've got a guy, you know, I think Coach Sherman's going to ride the hot hand. And I think Eric King will get some chances down the line. Um, but, you know, I, it was nice to see, to be on that sideline and see, you know, he was a little sad. He was a little not happy with himself for, you know, immediately after fumbling that ball. But he's a team player, and you could see how much he was cheering on Zion from the sidelines. <laughs> All right, I've got my stat that I want stats I want to throw out. 54 for 71, 790 yards, 10 touchdowns. Beast. The combination this past week of Tyson Bajant and Ezra Bajant. It's nearly 800 yards, 54 completions out of 71 attempts, 10 touchdowns, 5 touchdowns apiece. Runs in the family, clearly. It really does run in the family. That is a crazy stat line just to look at. Ezra wanted the one-up. Tyson, it he, was close. He, he it was close. They had the same wise. amount of touchdown passes. He did yardage-wise. He threw two more That is true, because at Although, first we had him at 393, so we had him under. But, yeah, when we looked at the official ones, he did go over. Although we did see Travis Bajan after the game, and he said he put up 400. I don't know what the stats guy was doing. <laughs> you, you remember that, Nick? Yeah, he did say that. But, uh, but I mean, 790 yards between two We were taught in school to round up, so. Yeah. Nearly 800 that, yards, 10 touchdowns, 54 Well, he had him at 402, according yeah. to Travis. Yeah. But. I don't know. I don't know. That was just a joke, obviously. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, two great performances. You know, we can talk more about Shepard, I think, in the next segment. Yes. But. Uh, I just wanted to get those numbers more official from where they were last night when I was doing the quick math. All right, let's move on to the next game. We talked a little bit about. Uh, Jefferson falling to Sharando, forty-two to twenty-three. Sharando, uh, I guess they're the real deal this year. I don't know if I'll go that far. Are we yet. saying They've Jefferson's unproven then? Improved. It seems like I mean, allowing what you said, forty-three points again. Yeah, forty-two. Forty-two points. You allowed twenty-two last week, so that's an average in the thirties. It seems like the defense needs to pick it up to me. Yeah, And that's what we said last week when they allowed Milbrook to get back in the game. That defense needs to pick up. I mean, 23 points, obviously you're not happy, I guess, offensively with how 
explosive the offense was last year for Jefferson, but that number here and there throughout the high school season will win you football games. It would have won you the game last week. So defense just needs to make Yeah, I think uh, Jefferson is still a team that is trying to find an identity for themselves uh, early in the season. I think they've gotten pretty good production from their two quarterbacks. Maybe not what they got last year from Sammy Roberts, but still getting good enough production to win a game early on and then be somewhat competitive, but not really where you want to be. I mean, Sharando is a much improved football team, uh, and they beat up on them pretty good. But Jefferson still needs to, you know, really get that ground game going, I think, would be really helpful for them. Isaiah Fritz had a heck of a one-handed catch. Yeah, I mean, they have athletes all over the field that can make plays, a wide receiver. It's just can they get do it consistently. And uh, it's kind of surprising that the defense hasn't been that strong early on in the year for Jefferson because that was kind of the position where we thought we would see a lot of big plays or the side of the field where we had pretty high expectations for them defensively. You know, having everybody back in the secondary, uh, it, it definitely seemed like a standout group. But so far it's kind of a slow start for them defensively. So we'll see if they can pick it up. But I don't think of it only being week two and being an out-of-state school in Charando that does seem to be on the rise, does seem to be back to being competitive again, uh, that there's too much to really read into this one. But definitely not how Jefferson wanted uh this one to go down but still they're one and one and they got plenty of games left to be right back where we expected them to be around the eight win mark or so yeah um you know you look down to an epac on epac game which one team was going to come out with their first win the other team was going to go zero and two and spring mills comes out 17 to 14 victors over washington they're now one and one on the season uh interesting ball game there what this was the score it. at halftime I think it's fourteen nothing. I believe Spring Mills or Washington. Spring Mills. Yeah. So Washington had to make a comeback in this one. Ultimately, fell short, but Spring Mills gets their first win of the season. Yeah, it's been a disappointing uh, start, I think, for Washington because this was a team that I thought would really take that next step, and it seems like they're kind of still where they were before. Uh, you know, going five and five the past two years, which. Yeah, starting on their two, yeah, or worse. Yeah, honestly. I know they said that they wanted to go eight and two. Now they have to win out to do so. Yeah. Well, I, I they still got Martinsburg on the schedule. Exactly. Yeah. And your goal shouldn't be to go eight and two. I know it should be, it should be ten be and good, 0, ten and zero. But hey, hey, it is what it is. And, neither here nor there. And they are now zero and two. So it's going to be a tough stretch to get here into the playoffs. You know, winnable football games. I think game one. Hedgesville has been impressive, so maybe Hedgesville's better than we thought. Maybe they're more like what I thought Washington could be this year, and maybe again, they're going to take second one of these half team. Yeah, because Hedgesville won twenty nine to seven, but it was seven nothing at halftime, right? I believe so. Yeah, but they were the, also the, the scores were weird for that game because I think at one point it said it was fourteen seven being reported on Metro News as the score, and then I think it changed to seven nothing at another point. So I think. I don't know. The score was being reported weird there, but they were down at half. Well, we're talking to seven. Coach Matt Faircloth after the show today, so yep, we'll, we'll kind of get check. some clarity on that. Uh, but, you know, Hedgesville out to two, a 2-0 two start. Yeah, I mean, they got a high-powered offense, and it's clear that Hedgesville is going to be a much better team this year and definitely could be a playoff team, I think, based on these first two weeks. So I completely I mean, agree. 
and I'm looking forward to uh, this week because you got another EPAC against EPAC one. Jefferson Musselman, will Jefferson be able to bounce back or will Musselman have to bounce back? I think that's an interesting one. And can Washington find a first win or will Spring Mills and Hedgesville continue to roll? Yeah, uh, we'll talk about uh, those in the coming days when we get back after this two-minute break. Talk volleyball, then some Shepherd news. Uh, segment sponsored in part by Parsons Ford. Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to Parsons.com for more on the other side of this break. Again, we'll talk volleyball and Shepherd news. After this two-minute break, you tune in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR TV 10. Four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states. Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords. Financing from 0%. Parsons' goal of financing for all. And Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. At the Berkeley County Health Department, our motto is prevent, promote, protect. Since 1935, our mission has been to provide clinical and environmental services to protect the health of the general public. We're committed to building public health in our community by offering a wide range of services, including blood pressure screening, breast and cervical screening, family planning, counseling, lab testing, and more. We perform health inspections to make sure the restaurants you visit are clean, and we prepare and coordinate plans to respond to all hazards. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverly Court, Martinsburg. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay, or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you. Uh, we'll talk some high school EPAC volleyballs. We'll be back on that tonight. TV 10, WRNR TV on YouTube. Pre-game coverage starting at 545. JV match at 6. Varsity match just after 7. Washington traveling to Inwood to take on Musselman. Musselman really got tested this past weekend at a national tournament in Florida. Yeah, and that's what you want to see whenever you go down there. They uh, were able to pick up two wins, but they went 2-4 and four at that tournament of champions in Florida. So now they're three and four overall, but it shows that it's a test and it helps you grow. I mean, you also got to remember being that tournament style, you only play a best two out of three. Yeah. For varsity when here in high school for varsity is typically best three of five. So to make the games quicker, they go two out of three. So I still think it's a pretty good team from what we saw for Musselman and that they won't have too many issues tonight against Washington. Yeah, I think they were pretty impressive in their uh, home op- or season opener against Spring Mills. Um, obviously, they had that one set that they lost, but that was kind of due to 
Musselman working in its uh, bench a little bit, trying to get some more experience for the rest of its team because you're going to need that uh, depth in your roster when you get into the states and stuff like that. And then going down and going two and four in a tournament, you know, in Florida, I'm sure they ran into some really good teams, you know. Oh, yeah. So going two and four really isn't the end of the world. And like Colin said, you know, if you're playing only three sets instead of five, it could have maybe gone a different way if you're playing the best of five sets. So uh, overall, I I would expect Musselman to win tonight. Um, But it should be a pretty good matchup. From what I remember, Washington had some – decent players last season and, and were a kind of a fun team to watch but uh I, you gotta give the edge obviously to muscleman but looking forward to it get to uh see jim and dylan on the call again tonight so should yeah. be a fun game testing a new camera tonight as well yeah just got it in it's a pretty cool camera it is really cool so we'll Mike have really a four camera our, production uh, is my goal mike continues to upgrade our tv 10 productions shout out to uh the mogul Trying to make things better for all the fans watching at home. Let's move on, though. A lot of Shepherd news coming out. Uh, we'll kind of continue with volleyball here, and then we'll transition to football because um, then that'll keep us the transition to the rest of the college segment. Uh, sophomore middle hitter for the Rams volleyball team, Renee Colo, uh, has been named PSAC East Defensive Athlete of the Week. She put together an impressive three-game performance for the Defensively, she helped tally 17 blocks. She also had 14 assists, 19 kills, and 13 digs. In Shepherd's victories over Queens, New York, Georgian Court, and St. Rose. Uh, so there's a Shepherd team uh, starting this season out pretty well. And, uh, getting, I think 8-0. No. Yeah, I'm going to double say, check quickly. I think so. they are uh, undefeated the last time I checked, at least. So this yep, eight, no. Shepherd volleyball team that we saw last year, I believe, go into the regional rounds of the NCAA tournament are headed back that way if they continue it right now as they're 8 0 on the season. Be at IUP tomorrow and then California PA or home tomorrow. I was about to say, no, today. Today's today. Tuesday. You got to remember, uh, we did have a day Tuesday, off. Today's yes. Tuesday, not Monday. Uh, that's tonight at 7. Then they host California PA tomorrow. Then they're at Cal PA next or this Saturday. So. Um, it should be a good time for Shepherd Volleyball. Yeah, you always like when uh, conference play starts, and the way that uh, the season has started as well for Shepherd seems pretty promising. It really does. And now let's move over to more Shepherd PSAC weekly honors, this time for Tyson Bajant and for linebacker Dwayne Grantham, both Martinsburg alumni. Uh, Bajant, the PSAC East Offensive Player of the Week. While Grantham is the PSAC East Defensive Player of the Week, talked about Bajan's numbers, 33 of 43, 394, five touchdowns, 187.4 efficiency rating. Grantham, though, led the way for the Rams with tackles with eight, four of those being solo. Uh, that, that He helped lead to giving up just 210 yards of total offense and 35 rushing yards. But perhaps the best thing is, in his first game as a Ram, he tallied two picks, Nick. Yeah, it was a uh, well-deserved, impressive performance for both of those guys. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of Tyson Bajant, PSAC East Player of the Week, uh, on the offensive side. And there's potential that Grantham could be the guy uh, getting that award on the defensive side quite a bit uh, this season. Uh, But two picks, the first one was incredible. He Uh, batted that to himself, right? Yeah, batted it up in the air, made the play at the highest point on the football after deflecting that pass and the second one came off of another deflection so the Rams very active on the defensive side of the football overall I think the defense was 
and the, really impressive, and that was a concern heading that's in what I was because it's make, a young defense. So for them to come out, I know uh, Southern Connecticut State didn't have its starting quarterback that they thought they were going to have. So that definitely uh, impacted things, but I still think going up against a young Rams defense, they were pretty impressive and very active for a young group. So that's something to build on for Shepard. And offensively, I mean, Tyson Bajan, that's just a, you know, a typical Saturday, or in this case, a Thursday for uh, Mr. Bajan going out there and just lighting it up. So uh, the Rams welcome in Edinburgh this week, um, a team that had some big upset wins last year even though they had a losing record so their program that typically isn't that great in the PSAC but they could be on the rise here after a they beat you know IUP last year they had some competitive games throughout the season so it's an intriguing home opener uh and PSAC opener for the Rams this week definitely is looking at some D2 stats from NCAA.com Tyson Bajant right now fifth in passing yards Uh, South Dakota Mines quarterback had 433 passing yards in week one. And then uh, post-university, post-college, their quarterback had 416 yards. I'm trying to remember who in the PSAC post played. I can't remember because I gave the score out and they won. I can tell you in one second. Maybe Nope, it's not giving me a... But uh, while you're looking for that, I was going to talk a little bit about the uh, rushing attack for Shepard because I think that they deserve it as well, especially Ronnie Brown. 10 carries, a net gain or net total for yards was 113 with two touchdowns. Lockhaven. And he also did pretty well when it came to receiving, getting six catches for 46 yards. Ronnie Brown can truly do it all, and especially – since uh, we originally thought Ryan Beach wasn't going to be playing, even though he eventually did and got eight catches, 78 yards, and three touchdowns, it's nice to see guys that are able to step up, even though starter. So it's not much of a step up because we already know the capability he has, but I think he's going to really have a special season as well for Shepard. Yeah, and you can't forget about Marlon Cook. That's uh, true, too. Huge season or huge uh, game for him in the receiving there. So Tyson Bage is going to spread it around, and that's what makes Shepard such a deadly offense because you don't know who's going to get the football consistently. I mean, you think maybe, okay, we take away Ryan Beach. That will be a big part of their offense. Well, then if you're taking away the underneath, we'll go to Cook over the top or Brian Walker, the tight end, had a few nice catches. Yeah, Ronnie Cook Brown underneath. 54 yards in yeah. week one as a receiver. And, and that was really his first game getting significant playing time for Marlon Cook. He was like the fourth or fifth receiver last year, so really didn't see the field too often. Uh, but he had a huge game for the Rams. Um, and I think they'll see other guys, you know, as the season goes on, have some big games. Max, Max Fisher had some decent catches over the middle, uh, the NC State transfer. Um, I think we could see some stuff from Afonso Foray, the Lackawanna transfer, all, as well as uh, the freshman Kenny Edlin was out there quite a bit. So they have high hopes for him. And that's the thing about this Shepard offense and Tyson Bajan's ability to, if you're going to lock in on one receiver, he will find another guy, and that guy will be able to make plays as well. Uh, so Shepard definitely has the weapons to still have success which maybe was a question mark, but it was a question mark heading into last year too, and we really didn't see a drop-off uh, between you know Gonteric and Leonard 
now leaving from last year's team and now this year we have we've seen uh cook and, and some other guys step up so it's an exciting uh rams offense and we'll see it continue but to you be know what surprised the me the most what was at that rams call? defense that's yeah. the question that we had and the I entire think... offseason was is shepherd's defense going to be able to step up and make more stops and yet southern connecticut state was clearly a weaker opponent than what shepherd's going to see but i think the defense showed especially grantham with the two interceptions that they have the capability to be a elite defense this season yeah we'll see i mean i'm still taking this performance with a grain of salt uh, but it is a very young defense with some guys that are obviously hungry to make plays uh but really shepherd's defense only had its bad performances if you want to call them bad last year against uh you know really good PSAC teams so when they were playing you know the millersvilles uh lock havens teams like that uh bloomsburg you know they shut them down and they were fine so could this be what we saw last year maybe something connecticut state just isn't that great or is this actually you know a turnover for this defense where they're going to really be one of the top defenses in the in the uh nation we'll have to wait and see but um they're definitely off to a good start and that's good to see with young players on your team i mean nine tackles for loss three sacks yeah and uh we've starting to run short on time i want to talk about these next two topics in the segment though uh, we got to transition now to West Virginia. Talked about you guys had your reaction to that game on Friday during the show, losing thirty-eight to thirty-one to Pitt, and what was I think the largest? Did I see the largest crowd in Pittsburgh? Yes, yes. Um, you know that's what the backyard brawl brings. That needs to happen every single year. It does. Um, I, regional rivalries, though not in conference, I think those are huge for fan bases, and that will keep college football growing. Um, but uh, West Virginia falling short in that game. Uh, Neil Brown had to put out an apology video to the fans. What is West Virginia fan base right now? Uh, why, we know uh, he's definitely on the hot seat, but he literally had to put out an apology video. He feels like I, I think he feels like he's down to his last end of the rope. I yeah. guess it's the term that I'm looking for. Yes. Time and time again, frustrated this fan base and obviously losing to Pitt. No, nothing will frustrate the West Virginia fans more. Yeah. So. To be fair, though, I mean, they very much could have won that game. They should have. Uh, Conser- too conservative play calling. Well, there, I already ran There is that, that. I'm not going but to But we can't forget that the wide receiver dropped the pass that was right to him and it got intercepted for the game-winning touchdown. Yes. So the coach can't really be blamed for that. So while they did have that conservative play calling that allowed Pitt opportunity, um, you still had that play that was really the bigger play in the game. Uh, So, And and they still had a chance there toward the end and couldn't quite make a completion to an open receiver. So there's a few things that are kind of out of Neil Brown's control. Neil Brown still says it was a catch. Well, it wasn't. So Hey, uh, before we got to hit the break here, Marshall gets a win over – a FCS opponent, I believe, Norfolk yeah. State, uh, all over him. <laughs> but you did get to see the, the debut of their transfer quarterback, Henry Columbia from Texas Tech, who went up to Morgantown and I mm-hmm. believe beat them. 
Uh, he did throw a pick in that one, but he was 24 of 26, 205 yards, one touchdown, was sacked twice. Uh, that's pretty impressive for a guy coming in, you know, that wasn't there in the spring. Uh, you know, I maybe, still have a lot of questions about him. I do. I don't think his arm strength is the best. But hey, but he accuracy, was accurate. Twenty four, twenty six. Accurate underneath. Yeah. But if you're going to be accurate, one of the like he literally threw an interception. So he he missed two passes. One of those was intercepted. The other was hit the ground. He's a much more mobile quarterback. And than the you know, Rams, look than look the at Rams, Grant Wells. Grant herd. Wells threw Grant Wells threw four picks against Old Dominion and they hey, lost. Yeah. So, he, he did struggle for uh, that. But you got to see Mountain State guys really perform in this one. Ethan Payne uh, from Polka, 10 carries, 113 yards, two touchdowns. His brother, uh, two catches uh, for 27 yards and a touchdown, uh, as well as you got to see the debut of every single Marshall quarterback, including... Owen Porter had a touchdown. Yeah, Owen Porter, Spring Valley, who I believe dominated Martinsburg at one point. I'm not I wouldn't certain. go as far as dominated. No, they but he had, I think him, he had a sack. Dominated. I think he had a sack in the game. He he had a good year last year, and he, he recovered yeah. a fumble for a touchdown. So. Um, but uh, Cole Pennington, Chad Pennington's son, made his debut. Uh, pretty cool to see on the same field. Uh, but Marshall, obviously, against an FCS opponent, has got a lot of work to do facing Not the Notre same Dame field. They just got new turf. That's true. That's true, same but stadium. it's the same stadium. I know. I'm just messing with you. Uh, but, you know, they got a lot of work to do facing an FCS joke, opponent. I was going to you have that one, Colin. Thank you. I appreciate it. A lot of work I'll to let do you have the next against Notre appreciate Dame this it. week. Don't know. That probably won't be a win, but it'd be cool to see Hurd in South Bend. It will be. And they're the first Sun Belt team to ever play at Notre Dame home or away. There you go. Mm, so that's good right. stats. Well, I'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix. Uh, brought to you part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, and his family owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. You can go to Orsini's.com for more on their side of this break. We'll talk NFL. Commanders, name a familiar face, their new assistant D-line coach, plus more on the other side of this break here to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WR and RNT 10. Hi, this is Lauren from Orsini's right here in Martinsburg. Grilling is not just for the boys. We are a platinum Traeger dealer carrying the Pro Series all the way up to the Timberline Series. We have every flavor of wood pellets along with accessories, rubs, sauces. Not just Traeger, we carry Utz, Meat Church, Lane Pig. We also carry a full line of Yeti products. Orsini's has everything to complete your backyard. Visit us at 360 Hack Wilson Way or at Orsini's.com. If you have a child or baby on board in your vehicle, WB Madison Children's at Berkeley Medical Center will be hosting a free child passenger safety seat check event Sunday, September 25th, 1 to 5 p.m. at the WB Medicine Berkeley Medical Center campus behind the Dorothy McCormick Center, 2000 Foundation Way in Martinsburg. Stop by and make sure your precious passengers are safe and secure on the road. Certified car seat technicians will be present to inspect car seats and make sure they are properly installed. At the Berkeley County Health Department, our motto is prevent, promote, protect. Since 1935, our mission has been to provide clinical and environmental services to protect the health of the general public. We're committed to building public health in our community by offering a wide range of services, including blood pressure screening, breast and cervical screening, family planning, counseling, lab testing, and more. We perform health inspections to make sure the restaurants you visit are clean, and we prepare and coordinate plans to respond to all hazards. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverly Court, Martinsburg. 
Are you a local business here in the Eastern Panhandle trying to expand your customer base? Well, you've come to the right place because us here at Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 have many options for you. Our two daily shows garner two different audiences. From 8 to 10 a.m., it's the Eastern Panhandle Talk with Rob Mario. And from 12 to 1, it's the Sports Mix with Spencer, Nick, and Colin. In the evenings, we'll cover Eastern Panhandle Athletic Conference sports as well as Shepherd Sports. And on the weekends, we cover local events as well. Call us at 304-263-6586 to learn more about how our advertising packages can make your businesses boom. And tell them Spencer sent you. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you today here. Get the news yesterday morning. Uh, commanders have officially named Ryan Kerrigan their assistant D-line coach. He had been in camp helping out, kind of learning the ropes of being a coach and then deciding if he wanted to be one. I made the call, I believe, on the show. I said, with everything going on, I think they make that call at the end of camp, and I think that they do end up hiring him as the assistant D-line coach uh, with you know having fired Sam Mills the third and uh, just him being known to these players. I think it was a no-brainer. I completely agree. I think it was a no-brainer. I like the uh, call to make him an assistant D-line coach, and I hope it really helps that defensive line uh, continue to grow and become another strong point of the Washington Commanders' defense. And he'll work with DNs uh, with Chase Young when he gets back, along with Montez Sweat. I think that's huge because it's easier, I feel like, for players to be coached maybe by players that are no, on Who a else better... would you want other than the guy that has the franchise sack record exactly. teaching you exactly. to exactly. hopefully exactly. break his record if Chase Young sticks around yeah. uh, but him, and is healthy? Kerrigan, along with nine others, as they, anu- they announced the list in July, we went over the long list of uh, as they go from 80 to 90, as it's 90 years of the Washington franchise that came to Washington in 1932. Uh, they're doing their 90 greatest com- or Washington mem- team members as that kind of changed. But they all the players on here were Redskins. Uh, Kerrigan on there. Uh, Trent Williams on there, who was a late addition to the list, I believe. Yes. Uh, and RG3, right? Yeah. I think Santana Moss. RG3 is on there? No, he didn't. No, make he it. was uh, on the finalist, the vote yeah. for he was a late addition. I think addition they had like 20. Trent Williams. I think they had 20 on there and they had to trim it to 10. So it's Kerrigan, Trent Williams, Santana Moss, Chris Cooley, London Fletcher, D'Angelo Hall, Daryl Grant, Champ Bailey, Stephen Davis, and defensive coordinator Larry uh, Pacatelio. So I think that, uh, you know, a lot of these guys, Colin and I grew up watching. And, you know, you look at Kerrigan, Moss, Cooley, London Fletcher. I think Champ Bailey's kind of a stretch because he only played there for four years. No, I agree with it. I'm just trying to remember. I thought for some reason, unless I was looking at the list, and that's what I'm thinking of, for some reason I saw Champ Bailey in the news again this past week. Uh, Because, I don't know. That's a good question. I thought there's something on this. They trade him again for Clint Portis? Maybe it was the review of the trade. Was that a, was that a good deal? I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, Champ Bailey's a Hall of Fame corner. It is whatever. Yeah. Also, Bruce Allen going to be under oath today. He is testifying under the House Oversight Committee because of all those leaked emails. Good. We'll see if we learn anything or if it's going to be a uh, show like 
Goodell or we learn nothing like Dan Snyder. Yeah, we'll uh, hopefully hear more about that tomorrow. Uh, but Did we ever hear anything after the Dan Snyder one? Nope. So, uh, Ravens, though, they're getting ready for their season opener. No contract for Lamar yet, but you've got a player returning to practice, Nick. Yes, Ronnie Stanley, the Ravens' left tackle, is back at practice. I'm not certain if he'll play on Sunday or not, but this is definitely a step in the right direction for a guy that's essentially been out the past two years. He did play uh, in their season opener on Monday night against the Raiders last year before re-injuring him or getting a new injury. So, um, you know, I mean, this is a guy that they've already invested a lot of money in, in their left tackle, Ronnie Stanley, uh, a position that they need you know, some stability, and uh, hopefully he's able to go. And even if he's not going to go this week, you know, hopefully he's able to play the rest of the season at at full strength because he's a big part of this football team. And if the Ravens want to uh, make the playoffs and be a Super Bowl contending team again, you know, they're going to need that offensive line to play a big factor because they're a run-first football team. Anything? All right. Well, they will. And um, does I believe Lamar set a limit for himself the start of the season so to sign a new contract. That's uh, really coming up close here, Nick. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't think so either, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. Got a few more days. That'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, wrap things up, talk some baseball, Nats and O's, kind of going in the opposite directions these last few days. We'll talk about that when we come back on this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Hagerstown Ford continues to be your leader in car sales up and down the I-81 corridor. We will beat any and all competitors' prices. We've made buying a new car easier than ever with one-day delivery better than Amazon and a return policy better than Walmart. Your satisfaction is our guarantee. If you don't like it, simply return it and we'll come pick it up. No questions asked. Why would you shop anywhere else? At Hagerstown Ford, we take great pride in our community and supporting our local student-athletes. That's why Hagerstown Ford is the official car dealership of Shepard Rams quarterback Tyson Bajant. Our remote buying process has made new car shopping so easy, you'll never even set foot in a dealership. Simply go to HagerstownFord.com and click on the car you want to buy it, or use the Axel Auto app. It's that easy. You can order your new car on any device. Go to HagerstownFord.com and get your new car signed, sealed, and delivered from Hagerstown Ford. The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be this football season. Join us Fridays for Martinsburg Bulldog games, Saturdays for Shepherd Rams and WVU games, and every Monday, Thursday, and Sunday nights for the NFL primetime games. We still have steak night every Wednesday, shrimp nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. So come on in and enjoy the Palace Lounge. We're located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. Hear from every EPAC coach every week on the Sports Mix. They showed that they have a lot of grit. They can play with just about anybody. That's the culture that we've been building here at Washington High. You know, our senior leadership stepped up and said his playoffs are bust for us. Pretty much the same thing we've been saying since day one. Stay humble, stay hungry. They never solidify some things. I really think the key for our team is the control. They do some things that if we're not ready, they'll be the team that's sitting there at 500 at the end of the night. The Sports Mix, weekdays from 12 to 1 and re-aired from 5 to 6. 
You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix for your September 6, 2022. Brought to you in part by the Mayor's Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors. John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343. Stop by their offices right here in Martinsburg at 1270 Winchester Avenue. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you today as uh, Nationals. Winners of three straight. Got a shutout last night over... The uh, Seattle, Seattle, uh, St. Louis Cardinals, excuse me, Anibal Sanchez, a shutout. They had a combined shutout. Uh, Things starting to move in the right direction for the Nationals with these young players coming up. Minus Anibal Sanchez, everybody else on that team seems to be pretty young. Three straight uh, wins now. Three straight uh, pretty quality starts for Anibal Sanchez as well. And I remember he's pitching really well. Three straight quality starts for Patrick Corbin. Mm -hmm. I mean, too little, too late, but you still can be a little bit happy for the Nationals. I believe he pitched Sunday in that seven to one victory over. No, that must have was it. He must have pitched Saturday. I was about to say both were seven one victory. So Uh, Patrick Corbin allowing just one run there in the third inning on Saturday as the Nationals win their first series against an NL East team since April. Too little, too late. You said they played the Cardinals, right? No, no, over the. The weekend. They just started the season. Yeah, they yesterday. just beat the Mets. I'm sorry. My bad. A uh, lot of young guys doing pretty well. And that was two straight series wins, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Patrick Corbin going seven innings on Saturday. Three hits, one run, five strikeouts, just giving up a home run. Uh, seems to be looking a lot better. Eric Fetty came on Sunday. Next guy. And uh, same thing. Just gave up one run in that one in the second inning. As the Nationals seem to be, you know, looking good as the season goes on, as you kind of start to wind down the season with all these young players, and that's what you want. As long as they don't do well next week against the Orioles. I don't know. The Orioles are heading the other direction, but, you know, Cabert Ruiz looking good. Uh, C.J. Abrams, uh, this shortstop they got back in that Soto deal, who seemed to not be hitting well when he first came up. He went from a, I believe, a 208 batting average. Now he's hitting 20 or 229. He had a four hit day yesterday, so it's pretty solid. You know your prospects, your players that you want to be really good are getting up there, and you know that's something you look to next year to build off of. Because Nelson Cruz isn't playing right now. That's true. He's not playing next year. Yeah, but I'm saying like he isn't playing right now, so things are actually you know you're having your young guys on the team. So, Maybe he was bad luck. No, he's hurt right now. I know. Uh, but the Orioles, they're going in the opposite direction of the Nats this last week. They've lost three straight. They're now four and a half back. Are you guys concerned of the wild card? Yeah. I mean, but then again, reaching the wild card is going to be very difficult. Uh, they can still turn it around. So it's kind of been like how it's how I viewed it all year is, you know, this is just cool to see that they're in contention. And if they make the playoffs, that's great. If not, it kind of is what it is, and they'll probably be a team – I think they can contend next year, potentially, if they're aggressive in the offseason. So we'll see how things go, but I'm not really too concerned because, like I said, my expectations aren't that high. I'm not too concerned. I'm frustrated that they just dropped two straight against Toronto, but if you win the next two, split the series, still happy with what they did on the road and winning both series against division leaders in Houston and Cleveland, and then 
From there, you got Oakland, I believe, next, and then the National. So if you can get a winning streak back up and cut that uh, four and a half games back, back to hopefully a game and a half, maybe. Yeah, I think they'll be fine as well. And, uh, you know, if you look at this Nats team, back to the Nats here for a minute, um, I think that things, you know, you move to next year, maybe you contend for a wild card spot next year. If your players are as good as they say they are. I was about to say, I don't know. That's going to be a long stretch. And Mackenzie Gore could be coming back here soon. I think you're you're looking in a pretty good direction. But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For Colin, Nick, I'm Spencer saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow.